Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm Billy Munger. And hi, I'm Johnny Herbert. And welcome to Lift the Lid, the podcast that takes you flat out around the world of Formula One. This week, Johnny, little preview of the next Grand Prix coming up. We've had a little break and now yep. we're into Hungary. Yes, we are. Hungary, I've driven around there myself. It's very, very different, I think it's fair to say, to Silverstone, what we've just had. Yeah, it is. Do you know what's good about this place? It's a go-kart track. It is a go-kart track. For big cars. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's it's brilliant. Uh, again, Budapest itself, love Budapest. Great city, really always always great to visit Grand Prix weekend, or to be honest, even, even outside that. And then the circuit itself, the fans that turn up from all over Europe, really. And it's just a great little track as well. Really challenging circuit. Quite flowy in many respects. You say go-kart track, quite tight and twisty, but it's flowy at the same time. So it's a proper challenge for for the for the engineers, but it's a, especially a big challenge for the, the drivers because it can can be very, very hot as well. So that really does normally test them fully on a Sunday. Yeah, there's not a lot of time to, to rest if you're a driver around there, is there? There's that one main street. Sadly. After you get through there. It's constant, you know, tight technical corners. Some, most people call it Monaco without the walls, don't they, mate? That's yeah. to kind of summarise where, where they think it's at for a normal racetrack. No, it's exactly that. And again, it's done some, you know, it's, we've seen some fantastic races as there. And you, again, we go back to tight and twisty and a go-kart track, a, a sort of a, a version of Monaco without the walls, like you said, Billy. But they do overtake as well. And we've seen it so much. I remember Nelson Piquet overtaking. Was it? I think it was Ayrton Senna back in the late, the late eighties. It was one oh, that what drift. Move that was all locked up round the outside. That drift all yeah. locked up. Oh, absolutely brilliant stuff. And then, of course, then Daniel Ricciardo, a man obviously who's going to be back on the grid back in two thousand and fourteen, doing a, a fantastic race in sort of wet, dry conditions. A little bit of strategy coming into effect. So there you go. You you know there are some races that really do you know 
do happen at a track that sometimes you sort of look at it on a on a piece of paper and go, I'm not so so sure this is going to be an exciting one. But it does definitely do that, and that might happen this weekend with a bit of luck. Yeah, normally for rides, that's a bit of a, a thrill, that's for sure, mate. You mentioned Daniel Ricardo there and the how that he's had some great wins around here, you know, hungry, you know, a few dive bomb, typical uh, Daniel Ricardo style dive yep. bomb passes down into turn one and turn three. He's back at Alpha Tauri since our last podcast, literally just after we recorded our last yes, podcast. Yes, quite literally. They, they, uh, they, we didn't quite get the timing right on that one, but they announced that, you know, he was he was getting the seat again and we were thinking oh should we do the whole podcast again but we thought no we'll give it a few days to settle and we'll, we'll be back once it's actually sorted out yeah i think that actually they were listening in i think they got a sort of a line in so. and they were listening and they thought right it's finished now we're putting it out there yeah <laughs> it did feel like that was the timing was slightly against us on that one but no, exactly good news i think it's good for formula one to have daniel ricardo on the grid because he's such a character and i feel like this year, seeing him in and around a paddock without seeing him in a car, I think it's been, you know, slightly weird. And I think if he'd fully stepped away from Formula One and he'd gone and done Formula E or IndyCar, then maybe it wouldn't have been such a, you know, wouldn't have felt so weird and been like, well, why is he not on the grid? But because he's been yeah. so prominent around the F1 paddock, I think people have almost been waiting for this to happen. Um but it, obviously, good news comes with bad news. You know, it's good for Daniel Ricciardo, but Nick DeVries, you know, yeah. Formula champion, Formula 2 champion, he's now without an F1 seat, and it feels a little bit harsh and brutal, really, doesn't it? It, it, it sort of does, but, you know, it's happened many, many times before. You know, I, I, you know, I remember when I was, I came in in 94, replaced Josh Verstappen, at Benetton because they were trying to get the constructors championship done that year. I came in in the last couple of races of that season, um, so it's not you in any shape or form. And uh, yeah, it's not it's not fantastic when it happens to you. But it's like you said, you go through his his um, success uh, as a racing driver, and it, there's some great stuff there. And this is where sometimes we've discussed it. I think a little bit before. It's quite confusing that it hasn't really sort of gelled in any way. It's not just pace. It's also the mistakes that he was making as well. A lot of spins, a lot of crashes. And that's where I think it got to the point where a Red Bull sort of thought, well, we've, we've given him enough time. We just can't carry on uh, with this situation that we've got. And I don't know about you, Johnny. I, I always find it a little bit, um, a little bit. I think that situation is even trickier with the fact of how sort of uncompetitive Alpha Tauri as a team has been. You know, this year yeah. in the constructors, you know, they're pinned right down the bottom end, you know, of the table. And I always think, okay, if you've got a car that's a little bit more competitive and, you know, is capable of consistent points, if you're, you know, knocking around an Alpine level, you know, eight qualifying eighth, ninth, and then there's a few, few temp difference, then, you know, it's more noticeable that, you know, one driver's getting the most out of it and the other isn't. But because they're both, you know, normally down the bottom of the of the grid, it kind of feels like, well, what's the point in changing? Like, is Daniel Ricciardo really going to come in and go and find three or four temps to put himself just inside the top ten? It feels yeah. a little bit that could be but a bit Sonoda, of a push. But Sonoda has thrown in a couple of performances in Q3, hasn't he? He has, so, yeah. So, you know, and that's probably the biggest surprise because obviously it was Gasly who was sort of dominating the team when Pierre was there. He's left. 
then you've you've got Nick DeFries coming in with the you know the just as as we said and those other formers. So you expected him to be at least around his tick mate, but he wasn't. And that is where again it's another scratching of the head, which is quite confusing, and where I think that's why they sort of made the choice that they had to do. Because you're right, the car's not the greatest thing on earth, that's for sure. But there are opportunities, and Sonoda has done that, uh, achieved that in qualifying. Okay, in the race, they do struggle a little bit more, it seems. But Nick just didn't not ever seem to get his head around the car. And Sonoda, for someone who was... I, I, I expected, actually, Nick to beat Sonoda just because of what I'd seen before. And it just... I, ne- I, never, I, never, I, never, I never saw it coming. It just seemed to be the same old, same old mistakes, not quite having the pace that he needed. And it, but it was a consistent theme. But it's a car, yes, you're right. That's not very, it's not very competitive as a whole. But you've still got to beat your teammate. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter where you are on the grid. If you're at the back of the grid, you've still got to beat your teammate. And he wasn't doing that. Yeah, or at least show some progress. I think. Yeah, like you mentioned. exactly. It had been that two or three tenth margin had been there since the start of the season, and it wasn't coming down was it so no it wasn't. I think I think that made things you know a little bit easier for Helmut Marco to sort of you know make that decision and and throw Daniel Ricciardo in there and potentially as well you've got to think bigger picture for Alpha Tauri you know they might be uncompetitive at the minute but he brings a lot of experience yep. Daniel doesn't he to that team and he might be able to do something with his experience that throws them in a position where they're a more competitive team Maybe, but is his plan to stay there long term? No, he's not. he's not looking for a long term uh, time at uh, at AlphaTauri. It's a short term play to try and get that seat for twenty twenty five. That is his ultimate plan for that. Now, can he achieve that, Billy? Can he? Get himself in a position. It seems far fetched to me. I've, it I've does. Read- I, I just really think that after what happened to him at McLaren with Lando, that his that has put a real stain on his big time reputation to to go into a top top team. You know, realistically, if you're Red Bull and that seat, you want to change that seat up. I'd be looking at a likes of a, a Lando or someone like Indeed. that. Indeed. So if you know that Lando is absolutely cleaned up with Daniel Ricciardo as a teammate, why would that, you know, then sway your decision potentially next season or the one after when, you know, yeah. then look at maybe moving Checo out and putting someone else in that second seat? Yeah. And I said 2025, but who knows? It could be for next season. Yeah. Because that, that, that is what we see at, at Red Bull, if it's Alpha Tauri or if it's even Red Bull, if the driver's not doing the job that they expect, they do actually move them aside quicker. Uh, than uh, than you would normally expect, but then the second thing about this as well is obviously you know he's come out and said that he's aiming for that for that seat. Now he left Red Bull. Why? Because a young Max Verstappen <laughs> was uh, doing quite a good job and being favoured by the team because of it. Yep, yeah, yeah. And is Max Verstappen a hell of a lot better now than he was then? I'd say he is better than he he's... was then. He's mighty better than he was yeah. before. So it's it's interesting, isn't it? The mindset what then was, I don't want to deal with this. I want to move on. So he went to Renault. That didn't quite work out for him. Then he went to McLaren. That probably worked out worse for him. Um, but now he wants to sort of go back 
against the man that everybody's trying to, well, it's like, yeah, trying to beat, not being able to beat at the moment. Um, it's quite interesting that the, the mindset of drivers sometimes of how they have this inner belief that they can sort of do a bit of a reset and they can actually challenge challenge the drivers that uh, the to- are at the top of their game at the moment. So, so it'd be fascinating if it did happen, but I still, I suppose he's, he's got to prove to, to, to us, I suppose, you know, that he has what he takes when he gets in that Alpha Tauri for the first time this weekend and for the rest of the season, that he does, he just beats, he beats Sonoda every single time, but convincingly, not just edges it by a couple of thousands. He's got to actually sort of slam, slam his pace when he gets in that car and just beat him. That's what Max does. Yeah. That's what Lewis has done. That's what Ayrton Senna does. That's what Mika Hacken did. Michael Schumacher. That's the, that's what you're up against. Um, so I'd be interested to see. And also with, with um, Yuki, there's that whole situation that last year, Gasly was sort of doing that to him already. So, yeah, it, yeah. you know, in Formula 1, it's always hard to compare drivers in different teams, but you always can yeah. start, sort of put some links together for going, okay, Gasly was quicker than Sonoda. If Daniel Ricciardo gets in there and he's only, like say, just edging Sonoda out rather than being in by a couple of temps, then you start to think, well, hold on a minute. Is Gasly better than Daniel Ricciardo, and he, you know, didn't last long at Red. Yeah. So, like, there's, you know, you can you can go through that whole situation in your you head can. of trying to work it out. But I think Daniel Ricciardo needs to take any doubt out of that whole situation by just beating Sonoda comfortably and doing just a really strong job the rest of the season. That's all he can do. Yeah. To give himself yeah. any That's what chance. He's do. Yeah. Yeah. Any chance that Red will see, and, I, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you very briefly as well. I think Sonoda's in a much better place because he hasn't got that pressure from his team, yeah. and that's allowing him to be the team leader. That's allowing him actually to sort of do a job with less pressure on his shoulder because he feels the team is actually working for him because that's the only the only guy they trust at the moment, and and that sometimes actually sort of you know makes you perform that little bit better. So I don't think it's, it's a given at all that Daniel's just going to jump in and beat him because I think actually he's in a he's driving better this year than he was last year. Yeah, I so agree. So he's stronger. I, I agree. I think his confidence is definitely, you know, going to yeah. be in a much better place than when he was trying to, you know, hang on to Gasly and have that pressure on him. What, what do you think this all means for Checo Perez? What do you think... He's going to be sat there right now thinking at this current time because, like you say, as far as you know, Red Bull have come out publicly and said Christian Horner's very set. He's already said Checo's going to be our, num- you know, he's going to be alongside yeah, yeah. Max next year. And then in 2025, we'll assess our options. And there is that now slight bit of attached sort of pressure in the background of going, you're only guaranteed the rest of this year and next year. And if if we can get rid of a driver halfway for a season at Alpha Tauri, that's not to say that it's our possibility to we'll do that at Red Bull. So you think that's going to be playing yeah. on his mind now? I, I, I think, so. again, he's come out and said, ah, I don't listen to what the media says about, you know, my future at Red Bull and everything else. But you do. As a driver, as a human, you always hear those things. They're never positive things. It's something you don't like to hear um, because there may be other you know, scenarios that are sort of making it that little bit more different. But it's there. It's out there. Everybody's talking about it. Um, but you've got to be able to 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 deal with that. But to deal with it 
what that means you have to do is perform when you get in the car and when you're on the track. That's the only time you can shut that down. And if you don't perform, you know, he's been struggling, isn't he? He's yet to get into Q3. Is it five times? I think yeah, he's missed out, something, something like that. It's getting a bit you know, ridiculous, it's, really, it's, isn't it? It's getting, well, there you go. There's a word there, Billy, ridiculous. And it, it's getting ridiculous. And it, it, it's a situation that you just never want to have, have yourself in because, as I said right at the beginning, that's where the rumours all start. And it's lovely Christians sort of saying, yeah, we're, gonna, we're not going to change uh, until, you know, the, uh, for 20, the end of 2025. But the whole pressure of trying to have one guy that is going to give you that constructors championship, you know, is, is a, it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure on Max. I think he deals with pressure very, very well, to be perfectly honest. But it's still pressure on him and the team to be able to sort of get him to do the job that he does brilliantly as he's shown this season. But you do need the backup. You do need the second driver to be consistency, consistently there or thereabouts. And he, he all he does is make makes his job harder, Sergio Perez, when it when it comes out to Sunday because he's he's too far back. Yeah, those recovery drives that we've seen him producing F one over the years, particularly with, you know, looking after tires and stuff, he's had to use that yeah. skill set a lot more this season than, you know, he's should have really had to if he was starting up in the he should, three or he four. So hopefully yeah. for Jekko he can, you know, start to put some stronger performances together. Not only for himself, but just for, you know, to try and push Max a little bit because at the start of the season, that's what made it quite exciting was the fact that, you know, Checo was, you know, really pushing Max and he'd nick a few wins off him and he had, you know, that points gap right down. And realistically, that championship is is sailed now for for Jacko. He's he's a long chunk of points behind Max, but that's not to say that he can't still you know regain that form and somehow start putting some performances together that puts Max under a bit of pressure. So, I guess that's what we're we're hoping for from from Red Bull. We're gonna take a, a short break. Uh, and when we come back on the other side, we'll talk a little bit about Silverstone, the teams that excelled there and the differences in the track from Silverstone to the Hungary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Right, welcome back to the podcast, guys. I think another team, Johnny, straight off the back of Silverstone that is worth mentioning because what a weekend they had, McLaren. Where did that come from? And do you think they can still produce something similar at Hungaroring, which is 
you know, goes from being a high-speed circuit to a low-speed, you yeah. know, technical circuit. Yeah. Um, well, where did it all come from? Again, I think we're all, all aware that they're all trying to sort of, you know, bring all upgrades and make these new uh, ground effect cars faster. And that's exactly what McLaren were able to do. They've sort of taken a, a particular concept, a little bit sort of red bullish for the way the bodywork is, and it, they seem to have found a way at Silverstone to get the best from that car. Now, when you watch the car on the circuit, I have to say it looked pretty mighty in those high-speed corners. It looked crazy. It looked crazy. What well, I didn't sit so much in the slow speed as in as in live, but when I saw it on the TV, it looked pretty handy in the slow speed as well. So it does look as if there is a nice little package that seems to have developed. Now, going from Silverstone to Hungary, as you said, Billy, it's a completely different scenario and i think if you get a car that works at silverstone to be honest you get you'll, you'll have a car that will work very well at um at hungary as well and i say that because it's quite a flowy track at silverstone yeah you know you go through maggots and beckets and through stow and all through Vale, the last corner going on to the the pit straight they're all quite sort of long radius corners and hungary actually they're quite long radius corners there as well so if you have a car that works on those types of corners i don't see any reason why the mclaren wouldn't be competitive there if we go then back to austria it was a similar scenario low radius corners once again and they perform very well there as well so i'm expecting them to actually have a good strong weekend in hungary so that is going to be positive for all of us and with oscar piastri doing a good job as well mclaren are looking very good from a hall of constructors point as well as drivers yeah i mean they got as many points at silverstone and the constructors they got more than they yeah. had the rest of the season put together so that that Indeed. shows you that how big that step was and they're also bringing you know a slight further upgrade to what they had in silverstone uh-huh. to hungary so yeah i think they're definitely a team that seems to be on the move at the minute on a climb and i think a lot of the other teams are looking at them and how have they found this much time in the recent upgrades there's always been a little bit of you know looking over you know into the garage going that can't be right how have they managed to find that much time with an upgrade but whatever they're doing over there at the minute it is working yeah and i think it's just it just is proof uh is in the pudding with with obviously with new cars that you've got trying to understand them but then something very very small can make such a dramatic effect to the floor it's all about the floor yeah get that floor to work then you are going to gain a massive amount of time there's the proof in the pudding. They've obviously found something that has made that floor work so, so much better. And then the drivers are apt to, you know, are able to sort of, you know, push it to those limits and the speed is there at the same time. So it's a direction and it's a bit like the Mercedes. We always have this thing about when it when it's when it goes well, they don't know why it's gone well. When it goes bad, they don't know why it's gone bad. So they don't seem to understand, you know, where they need to go to improve that. And if you're sad about the upgrade comes for for this weekend and they have another little jump. It's it's pretty obvious that they found a direction that is going to benefit them long term, even for the design of next year's car as well. Yeah, all this information, all the the, the way they're developing their car, that will all help them to, to hit the ground running next year with next year's car because that's where teams will already be thinking of, you know, they'll have their eye on that 2024 hmm. car already and what they've learned from this year's car and, and whether they're going down the right direction. I do I do really respect what McLaren did at the start of the season and kind of going, we've not hit our targets. We've not, we know, we've got to take our time. 
not bringing many upgrades early on so we can get our heads around what we need to do. Yeah. And it does feel like just taking that brief pause at the start of the season to kind of, you know, get their head around what was going to work, what wasn't going to work and, and, and choose that right direction with the car. Now we're getting into the stage of the season where they'll be expecting to, to make up the ground that maybe they lost out at the start and to, to hit some consistent form with two drivers that are confident right now. Both Oscar Piastri, who, you know, without interventions or a safety car and stuff like that, probably would have been on the podium alongside his teammate. Yeah, I, I, again, you're, you're right. I think, you know, there was a lot of change that, that has come McLaren's way, you know, with, you know, with Andreas Stella. I, I like what he, I like what he's about. I like what he says. And at the moment, he seems to have the right mentality to draw the the package together. Now, that the package I mean is everybody within the team yeah. getting the best from everybody, and maybe making sure that they're focusing on the right the right things. And at the present time, that seems to be working brilliantly. So it's really good to see. I think we're all very happy to see McLaren. You know, once again having that little stutter. After like a few years of sort of moving upwards, bit of a stutter. Now we've got that jump back again. So, so well done, everybody at McLaren. What What do you think? Uh, this is just a. It's a little bit off topic, but Lando Norris. What What, yeah. what do you think he'll be thinking right now? Because obviously the start of the season was so poor. Now oh, they've made huge steps. He's just got a podium just behind Max Verstappen at his home Grand Prix. Obviously, there was a talk at the start of the season when they weren't doing well about how, you know, McLaren as a team, are they going to give him a car that he deserves? Yeah. Is he going to have to look elsewhere? The likes of Ferrari sniffing around, Red Bull probably having him on high on their list if things change over there. Mercedes potentially, too, if Lewis was looking at retiring, although that doesn't seem to be the case right now. No. What what do you think? You're, what are you thinking of your Landon Norris? Are you thinking I'm staying where I'm at? Look at the progress we've made this season, or are you still, you know, looking and going? I could be better off at a Ferrari or maybe a Red Bull, or you know, yeah. Where do you think his head's at? Yeah, it's it's a difficult one as a driver, and I can only sort of pull it from my experience that when you when you have a car that is actually doing very very well. A, course you're very happy with that scenario that that given time now we're we're only really talking probably two races but more silverstone where it's only been one race where it's been very impressive yeah at mclaren now they've been able to sort of you know lead a grand prix for a start yeah but you will still be looking at the teams that will give you a world championship as drivers we're only there to win a world championship yeah. now can a mclaren win the world championship if he has an opportunity to go to red bull just for example yeah Will he have a chance of winning a world championship? Yeah. Which one is going to give him that chance? It's the Red Bull. Red Bull is at the minute. That's the hot seat, isn't it? That if you know, yes, if you could have Checo seat. Any of the other drivers on the grid right now would probably snap your yeah. hand off because they know, okay, if I can somehow beat Max, I'm going to be world champion at the minute because that's yeah. how dominant Red Bull is. So you're looking at at that. Let's let's just go. Let's just go hypothetical. That's 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 that seat is there for Lando. Can he leave McLaren? That's the next question. Yeah, you know, contract it, you know we've spoken a little bit about it before. It's a contract situation. Normally, you would think with the long-term contract that is done that maybe there's a clause on performance, okay, and that allows you to get out. Well, performance is pretty okay <laughs> at the present time. Now, would that trigger? Would that trigger? I don't know. I don't think so. So, 
then you're stuck with you know a, a potential window of that world championship dream that you've had since you were a young kid doing karting but it's there and your hands out trying to grab it but actually you can't get hold of it because you can't actually leave and I had my my time at Lotus I remember I did a, a longish contract there as well and opportunities did come up but I, I couldn't get out so so I've experienced it the same in in, in a similar way it's so tricky um, isn't it to, to know what it's so best tricky to do. yeah what to do but let's say let, let's go through the, the weekend of hungry if they have another strong weekend and these upgrades just improve it that little bit more and who knows they might be able to sort of push max that little bit more then you start to think a little bit different as well because actually you're seeing the 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 ripening of the fruit actually getting redder like an, like an orange is getting more orange and orange and sweeter and sweeter as time goes by so yeah it could change because he could see a positive thing as being the number one as well there's also that because the problem with going to red bull world championship winning type of car as i said but you've still got max it may be red bull it may be a world championship car but yes still up against max i don't think lando would fear max though i i, I don't i think he respects him i think max respects lando too obviously i think lando would prefer to have you know, maybe a slightly different teammate to beat in order to win a world championship than Max Verstappen. But basically, if we're saying that Lando doesn't think that he can beat Max over a season, he basically needs to rely on McLaren having a better car than Red Bull in in order to to get the job yeah, done. Yeah, of course. So, of course. So that, you know, that feels a little bit, you know, the fact of thinking McLaren are going to be have a better package than Red Bull in the next few years it, it, I don't know it, it feels like a tricky tricky situation for, for a lad yeah it is again you, you said about Max I'm sure he wouldn't be scared about him but you know we've seen so many drivers who have this inner belief that they can jump into a car and beat the teammate, teammate they're up against we've seen it with Gasly we've seen it with Albon um, who you know we've seen it with Sergio who's really struggling up against Max and the problems sometimes are the, or the risk the risk of jumping and going to be a teammate up against someone like Max, or if it's Michael Schumacher, or if it's the list before Mika Hacken and blah, blah, blah. Um, and he doesn't quite work out. The problem is, okay, well, what happens after that? Yeah. Because you've moved from a from a comfortable position. You haven't beaten Max. Max has, I don't know, has sort of beaten you up during the season. Then those question marks are there that he's not world championship material because Max has proved that he's not. Then you've got to go, okay, it's not worked at the end of that particular period of that particular season. Now where can I go? Because everything has changed. The whole the whole dynamic of the seats that, that are available at that given time after that one sort of difficult season uh, disappear. And then maybe there isn't a McLaren. Maybe there isn't a... a for example, maybe you're looking at it's something so tricky, further back. Isn't it, to, to know it's what's so back tricky. Then. Yeah, it's a risk. There's a risk. There's a risk to it. But I do agree. I think racing drivers do have a total inner belief, and I'm sure Lando has that. He can go to Red Bull and he can beat Max. Yeah, I'm sure he has. I'm sure he has. Yeah, but it's I'm, never going to be that sure. easy. Pretty sure that would be the case. Um, right. Let's talk about this weekend predictions. Who we think is going to be up there? Just to give you a bit of context here, Johnny, because I had to do a double take <laughs> at this when I looked at this. Last year in qualifying, guess who was on yeah. pole position? 
Yeah, I did. I was having a look at that one. Uh, yeah, go on, tell us. So I've got it up here somewhere. George Rustel was on pulp ah, yes, in Hungary last right. year. We had those that's right. slightly mixed conditions qualifying where like the start of Q1, it was a bit damp and, you know, things were yeah. dried out. But yeah, George Russell ended up on pole. Carlos signed second, Leclerc third. Lando Norris was fourth in qualifying at Hungary That's last right. year. So a mixed order, but, you know, Mercedes managed to pull it out of the bag at Hungary. Yeah. It's a track that Lewis has excelled at in his career. He's got eight wins in Hungary. Yep. You know, only matched for him at Silverstone with eight wins there as well. So it, it does feel like this this could go a lot of different ways. You know, you've got McLaren on the up. Lando did well here last year. Ferrari, second and third on the grid here last year. Yeah, yeah. But, you know. Yeah, the interesting thing with McLaren, you said he was fourth, um, but he dropped down when in, in the race, yeah. Lando. So he ended up seventh. But it's a different scenario this year because they have a very good race car yeah. as well. Even beginning of the season where he's had a couple of good results in qualified Lando, they've just fallen by the wayside in a race. Silverstone, Austria, did not happen that way. Actually, the, no, the car the hung race pace on. was good. Ha- and so that is going to be a very, very positive thing for them. And a track that you say Lando goes very well at, the McLaren from last year uh, has gone very well at as yeah, well. Yeah, degradation will be more of a factor here that it won't it than Silverstone. I think Lando yeah. was surprised by the race pace that they had with those new upgrades in Silverstone and, and the degradation. Sure. So this will be more, yeah, that's more a good of sign. a tester, I think, good this sign. weekend. But yeah. like you say, it, yeah, yeah. still still qualifying is fairly important around this place because it is, you know, pretty much it gets tricky to overtake, you know, if things settle down into a rhythm. Right, top three. Yeah. What are you going for, top mate? Three. What are you going for? Max. Max <laughs> first. Yeah, Max, Max first. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and I'm going to, the one, the, the one that's always going to be a bit difficult to choose is Mercedes. Are they going to have a good weekend or a bad weekend? I've re- I really don't know. So I'm just going to do it on what we normally see. So I'm going to put, I, I, I am going to put Lando second again. Okay. From that point of view. Yeah. yeah from that. Uh, third, tricky, tricky, tricky. Uh, actually, I'm going to go for Sergio. I think this could be a race that Sergio might just be able to sort of pull a result out of the bag. Okay. So Max, uh, Lando. Sergio, do you want to write that down somewhere, mate, so we don't forget these? I know what we're like, Johnny. Now. We will, we will forget these. Indeed. Um, yeah. Right. What did I say? Max, Lando, Sergio. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> there you go. Right. My turn. Sticking that up. Sticking it out. I'm going. Yeah. I'm going for a Max Verstappen win as well. No surprise. No surprise. I am gonna put. I'm going to put Checo in second. I've heard there's a little um, upgrade coming Red Bull's way this weekend for Hungary. And the thought of them having an upgrade just for me just writes it that they surely they're going to be a one, two. Yeah. Surely. Come on, Checo. I've, you know, I'm putting my faith in you delivering with these new upgrades. But yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Max and Checo, one, two. Okay. And I'm gonna go I'm gonna go curveball yeah. for my third place driver. Go on. Do you wanna have a I'll give you a guess at who you think I've gone for? Carlos Sates. Curveball. No. <laughs> okay. Are they gonna throw a Ferrari in there? You're trying to get your Ferrari. No, no Ferrari this okay. weekend. You've Oscar Piastri. Oscar Piastri. Third. 
Wow. Oscar Piastri okay. in third. Based on what? Why Why Oscar? Very good one. Um, well, Silverstone, he kept Lando honest the whole he weekend. Did. You know, realistically, he should have finished third in the Grand Prix without the safety car situation. Yep. He was you know, only like, a second behind him in the race up until that point. Like, he was really on his, on his heels. Hungary, a track again, he's done True. well at in the past. He's driven a lot of categories. I, th- I just think that weekend at Silverstone is going to be good for his confidence. You know, up until then, Lando's definitely had the upper hand. And okay, he still out qualified it and beat him in the race. But everyone all of a sudden was going, wow, okay, that's, you know, that's one hell of a performance. And I, I, I got just a sneaky feeling that he'll be able to to do something this weekend. I thought we were, I thought we were bigging up Lando a little bit earlier on, and now you've crushed him. Crushed him by his teammate oh, no. beating him. He's, <laughs> he's still, he's still going to be in the top five, Lando, top five. for me. But I just top think... Five. Top five. Top five. you're mean. Fourth or fifth, I think. Mean. That's still a good weekend, mate. You know, they can't all be, you know, home podiums at your home yes, race they and can. stuff like that. Yes, they can. My, my, my. I okay. hope you get slammed. Slammed by the fans of I Lando fans. I said I was getting, I said it was a curveball, and I'm sticking with it, you know. It's going to hit you. He's not had a podium that in curveball. How many times have you put someone on a podium that's not had a, a podium in this F1 This is not yet? about me. <laughs> this is not about me. No, this is not about yeah. me. This curveball. You just want to bury me, ball, don't you? T- No, you're going to bury yourself, because that curveball is going to smash you in the back of the head after the weekend. Okay. okay. Well, so uh, that's, uh, that's interesting then. So what, do you not rate Oscar Piastri then, Johnny? Huh? I, d- I rate him. I don't do not... rate him at the present oh, okay. time. But you don't, you don't me, rate him don't, don't, don't let me, podium, don't let me do finish. I, uh, I, I don't rate him <laughs> ahead of Lando. Lando fans, love you. Oh, you are uh, <laughs> something, aren't you? I, you am. I am. I am. I am. I am. You are right. Well, we uh, we shall see. You know, at least you know it's going to keep. You know, hopefully everyone at home interested to see if Oscar Piastri does have a good weekend. I'll have a lot of people going. How would you do it, Bill? How would you predict the? <laughs> oh, go yeah. Don't worry uh, about that. You know, it's it's all up. Yeah, it's all in the all in the mind. Fantastic. Oh, I I like your style. I like your positivity. I really really do. <laughs> I tell you, what, I'm going to throw one thing. I want my little curveball out there. And I don't know oh, where. No, you don't get no, no, no. Bull. No, you don't you've get had one, one, so I'm going to have one. So yeah, I know, but that's because yes, I, this is you not, know, used it in my yeah, top three. Yeah, but this three. is not about the top three. This is just about someone I hope I'm trying to make yourself is, more no, interesting no, now. No, I'm going to throw another Brit into this one. I, I'm going to go. I reckon Williams could do well this weekend. Yeah, you know what? I think they have a good. I've spoke to Alex after the race at Silverstone, and he was just saying how you can throw the car around, and it's so drivable, and it's so driver friendly. And we're going to a track that you need a driver-friendly car. So I reckon they might spring a tiny little surprise. Maybe they pop themselves in the top six. Should I drop something on you to maybe bring you back down to earth? Definitely. Last year in the Grand Prix here, Williams drivers, Albon 17th, Latifi 18th. Was a I'm year just saying. Ago. That's what they always were. Saying. A year ago. Yes, things have moved on since then, Billy. Well, we'll find out. We'll find out, mate. Right, that's... That's our hungering uh, preview <laughs> right there. <laughs> it if is. You stay to this point. I hope you enjoyed it. I think so. I've enjoyed it. This week good fun. That last <laughs> bit was brilliant. And we were, uh, yeah, so we'll catch you guys after the weekend when we'll find out how realistic our predictions were 
if we're a million miles off like usual. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's it from us. It's a, a goodbye from me. And a goodbye from me. Take care, guys. Enjoy. This is a Soapbox London and SBX Studios production. Our executive producers were Rowan Wilkinson and Andy Bell. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.